Welcome to Creative Audio Production with your host, Pete Buckwald. At Creative Audio Production, we're seeking to create a community of audio engineers wanting to explore brave new frontiers, to boldly put a microphone where no microphone has gone before. And our creative results may vary, but we will not wallow in our failures, for our failures may prove to be the foundation for future sonic glory. All right, brace yourself and get ready for this episode of Hey there, welcome back to Creative Audio Production. This is Pete Buckwald, your host. I want to present you with something that just may blow your freaking mind. Um, This is a a production technique I've been dying to share with you, and everybody that I tend to share this with, they just get really excited about it and end up using it in their production. So if you don't know it, hold on to your seats because this this is going to be cool. Let me go and give you a a little bit of a teaser. Um, Let me pull up this clip here. Take a listen to this sound. This is what I want to show you how to do. Hey! Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Do I have your attention now? So that's an effect I'll totally talk you through, um, but that I just want to give you a teaser for now. But we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, also, we have a really cool historical segment, and uh, even before we get there, I have a little bit of, of news to share with you. I, I was listening to NPR. I listened to a couple shows in podcast format there, and I heard a story that just made me... I, is I had a what they call a driveway moment. Once once I get home, I I just sit in the driveway listening to the rest of the podcast because it was such a cool story. Here's the gist of it: I I've always been really intrigued by <clears throat> fundamental frequencies, harmonic, uh, s- sympathetic frequencies, sympathetic resonance, stuff like that. And if you go to YouTube and look up sympathetic resonance, you can get you know, you can see huge suspension bridges that, that, you know, wind is blowing at a resonant frequency of the bridge and it starts to, to rock and rock and fall down into the uh, Tacoma River. But uh, I, there's a, these guys doing a documentary because this one guy just had the crazy idea of, well, if everything has a fundamental frequency and if when presented that, that frequency at, at enough loudness, you know, it does damage he said, well, what about cancer? And so he took the time and he put, um, he got a hold of cancer cells. He partnered up with a, um, a cancer researcher and they were able to test um, high frequency sine waves on, on these. And he didn't have good luck just with one frequency. He started at, um, he had the idea to add harmonics and, um, and eventually, when he so for some reason, when he hit the eleventh harmonic and adding that to the sound being presented to the cells, they just started blowing up, kind of like the video game asteroids. Uh, these cancer cells that are like uh, even pancreatic that have killed like Patrick Swayze and um, Steve Jobs, and and you know it's just a really tough cancer for uh, traditional medicine and to uh, to tackle. So, um, so. You got to check it out. Um, the the there's a a trailer for the documentary. If you go to thecuredocumentary.com, thecuredocumentary.com. 
com, and and you can get the gist of it. So I, I just thought it was really cool. This this guy teaches audio production and maybe acoustics at a college, and you know he just had this idea. Well, what about sympathetic vibrations? You know, could I could I blow up something like a cancer cell? And he's he was pursuing it, and um, it's certainly not ready for uh, to be used in in medicine, but it's. Uh, pretty significant of a, a theory, and um, it may show promise for the, the the near future. So, check it out. Let's get into the rest of the show here. And now it's time for historical instances of recording studio weirdness, where we hear of alleged moments of famous and not so famous engineers doing odd things in the studio. This podcast, for the historical segment, I want to talk a little bit about vocoders. I learned a little bit about the history of vocoders, and I found it very fascinating, and I think you will will as well. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the sound of a vocoder. Um, If you're not, it it is the sound you hear in the jingle at the beginning and the end of the podcast, uh, the one that sounds like this. Yeah, so you get this robotic synthesizer sound, and, and you can talk through it. I, I even have it rigged up here, so I can be talking and just be press, press the keys that I want, and the keyboard's going to harmonize with everything that I say. So that's pretty funny. You can also have it, if you know a melody, uh, you can have it play. If you play the notes on the keyboard that or with the melody, it can give a doubling sort of effect. Let's see. La, 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 Or, I don't know if I could do a harmony on the fly. I'll try to play a third up and... La, 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 la. So you can do different stuff like that, all, all kinds of creative stuff with a, a vocoder. But as far as the history, let's talk a little bit about that. If I were to ask you, when was the vocoder invented? And I give you a multiple choice question and a quiz. Option A, uh, the vocoder was invented uh, in the 1930s. Option B, it was invented in the 1940s. Option C, it was invented in the 1950s. And option D, invented in the 19, let's see, 30, 40, 50, in the 1960s. So option A, 30, B, 40s, C, 50s, C, D, <laughs> 60s. All right, make your guess. Well, if you guessed A, 1930s, you were correct. I was surprised how early it was invented. I thought for sure it was a child of, um, you know, the 70s or, you know, some somewhere a lot more recent than the 1930s. It was invented by people at, at Bell Laboratories. So they were exploring this technology in order to make telephone communication more clear. When World War II came around, the the technology of the vocoder was integrated into a very large computer that allowed America and uh, Great Britain to discuss their war strategies as we, we fought um, Germany and Hitler. Um, we we had a, a take a look at the show notes. There's a picture of this thing. It, it's just you know it's the size of a it's just really large you know computer took up a whole room sort of a thing. Um, so the vocoder was was a part of that system called the I don't know Sigley S I G 
Oh, Sig Sally, S-I-G-S-A-L-Y. And it was, um, the full term was voice encoder, which later got truncated down to vocoder. And of course, later, you know, it got used more and more into music. And, and these days, the vocoder and that sound is 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 obtainable you know, with a lot of software. You know, if you have Logic or Reason or Cubase, Ableton, a lot of these have vocoders built in and you just got to go onto YouTube or um, in the case of Logic Pro, you can check out the, the show notes. I, I do a tutorial on, on how to use the vocoder in there. Um, so there, it's very accessible. I think on the website don'tcrack.com, they offer a lot of free plugins, and I, I want to say I saw one there, either as a VST format or, or, or other such third-party plugins. So that might be another way to get it. There's certainly outboard um, synthesizers by Akai and Yamaha and others, Korg, that that come with a little microphone, or you can hook up a microphone and you can vocode there right with it. So there's lots of lots of great ways to get the sound. You can use a vocoder, you know, to accent vocals like I demonstrated before, but you can also take a drum loop or something like that and and give a harmonic definition to it. And that I I show that in one of my YouTube videos as well. It can sound pretty cool to have that synthesizer pulsating um, with the beat um, in a vocoding fashion. So give that a shot as well. And uh, yeah, so that's it on the vocoder. And now let's get on to our main segment today. Alright, today we're going to talk about reverse reverb. That is the effect you heard earlier. The main idea is that there's um, a big moment that you want to emphasize. Maybe it's the course of a song, and you know it's a big loud moment, and there's kind of a down moment before it, a quiet moment or a silent moment, and you have time to kind of wind up into this big kapow sort of sound. So I... Um, let me talk you through it, and then I'll, um, again, I'm going to ask you to look at the show notes. There's there's a video where I walk you through how to do this in a in a uh, computer software, and that, that might kind of reinforce the, the theories I'm explaining verbally here. So if the end result that you want is the reverb backwards, but you want the sound forwards, what that means is that you have to take the sound, if it's the word, hey, then you need to reverse that hey sample so that it's yeah. Then you're going to put a reverb on that. So then it's yeah with an echo after it, or, you know, a, a reverb hanging around. Then you'll have to print that. You'll have to take that backwards hey and the reverb following it and flip it. So now the, the uh, word hey is forward once again, but the reverb is now before all of it. So that's that's a general idea. So let me show you each of those. Um, so here it is, the word hey. Hey! Then we take that sample and we reverse it. Yeah! Next we have to get a reverb plug-in on. Maybe a, a hall reverb or a plate reverb. Maybe pretty big. Um, 
it just depends on the situation. It really takes some time and maybe a couple tries to get the exact effect, effect that'll work for your song. But what we want is a reverb uh, getting applied to that, then output that either with a send, um, an out like a, maybe a pre-fader bus or I guess it could be post-fader, and you know output that some or on the output of the track to a bus so that you can create a new stereo audio track and record that reverb in, in real time, get get that printed into a WAV file or something like that. So here's what that sounds like once we get it printed. Yeah. So that was probably the trickiest step. Once you get that reverse um, hey with the reverb after it, the final step is just to reverse that one final time. So you get the word hey forward, but the reverb is now before it. So here's what the final result sounds like again. Hey! In that instance, I trimmed off the reverberated track before the original word hey, so that it was more of a dry hey, but you can engineer it however you want. Another thing I've always wanted to try, and I took the time to do it for this podcast, is to try to get a little bit of this on some snare drum hits. So here is a drum beat I created. And so the idea was, when the snare hits, I want a little bit of right leading up into it, a little wind up into each snare hit. So I took some time and tried to dial in what I was kind of hearing, and uh, here's the results I got, putting a little bit of reverse reverb on each snare hit. I think that was a little longer than what I intended. So let, let's hear an example of this in, in a song. Um, this is not a super good song, but it'll serve our purposes. I just sequenced this thing and um, had a, a brief little pre-chorus build up, then a moment of silence, and then a big kapow for the chorus. And so here's what the song sounds like before reverse reverb is in play to go into the chorus. And here's the song with the effect in place. Yeah, well, that one wasn't dialed in quite right, and it's not even the best musical example, but... Um, I, th I think you can still see the potential here for this technique, and I, I'm, I encourage you to go and give it a try. At least practice it so that you, you ha have it uh, on standby when a project comes up and, and you, you want to pull it out of your creative toolbox. So, you know, that's all we got for this time. I, again, if you want some reinforcement and, and see this um, in a video, uh, check out the show notes. There's a link to um, uh, a YouTube video or two. Um, both with the vocoder as, as well as this this technique of reverse reverb. So that's all we got for this time. I, I just wanted to get out a, a short, quick, creative tip to you guys, and it's been re a really helpful one for me. Um, if you have creative production techniques 
um, that you use, feel free to write in the show notes or email me. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I always want to learn more of these creative techniques. And so if, if you have some, feel free to pass them along to us. We have a couple of um, communications here, uh, comments on the iTunes podcast page here. Um, A username, (laughs) Critlister, I can't quite pronounce his name, Um, but this user that I can't pronounce, he says, Pete does a Pete go Pete really goes in depth with these podcasts and shows you what he's talking about through sound in addition to research. He also gives you great detail on how he got those sounds so that you can use his techniques in your music. The experimental recording engineer should really check out this podcast to spark creativity. Well, thanks so much for those those thoughts and observations. There's another user named Wolf5280. The information in this third podcast about techniques for recording with monitors is going to be really helpful. I have worked with several vocalists who have a who have had a hard time recording with headphones, but I've been reluctant to use monitors because of the bleed it could cause. Also, the extra videos on creativeaudioproduction.com were very helpful with showing off the studio um, and has some interesting stuff. So the website, again, is creative-audio-production.com. Um, so thanks for that feedback, Wolf. I'm, I'm glad that learning to record using a loudspeaker for a monitor is a, a good tip for you. All right, well, that's, the, that's our listener mailbag for the day. Um, you can leave comments on the website as well as on iTunes, and, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Take care, guys, and this is Pete Buckwald signing off. Thank you.